because we're not 100% perfect. Few of us are, especially women as we approach the changes in our lives. So get enough sleep. Don't drink your alcohol. That's one we'll set to the side. But there's a lot you can do, right? Even just not being perfect, you can be better. Perfect is the enemy of better. Don't be perfect. Be better. Make an improvement today that you didn't do last week and sustain it. Welcome back to an all-new season of Off the Gram, the show where we bring you straight into the trenches with us to help you live your best life, channel your inner girl boss, and navigate the ever-changing landscapes of wellness and social media. Hey, Heidi. Hey, Jamie. Social and mainstream media alike have been littered with stories about PFAs, PFAs, however you pronounce it, over the past few months. And like any curious, wellness-minded gals, Jamie and I wanted to understand exactly what they are, what they do to humans, and what we can do about them. So this week, we are bringing on a true expert in toxicity and women's health, Dr. Wendy Trubo. A board-certified OBGYN with decades of experience in her field, it was actually her own wellness journey resolving a personal diagnosis that led her to become a certified functional medicine physician. Dr. Wendy regularly works with clients treating a wide range of conditions, including everything from exposure to toxins like mold and heavy metals, to mood disorders, to early onset Alzheimer's. Her book, Dirty Girl, Ditch the Toxins, Look Great, and Feel Freaking Amazing, became an Amazon bestseller in five categories within the first 24 hours of publication. She is co-founder and president of the Five Journeys membership-based wellness practice in the Boston area and co-host of the Five Journeys Live Like You Matter podcast alongside her husband. Listen to today's show, If. You've heard about PFAS in the news, but are going to need a little more information before you throw away all your products. You experience brain fog, bloating, and exhaustion, but don't exactly know why. Or maybe you want to ditch the toxins in your life and feel freaking amazing. Welcome to the podcast, Wendy. We are so excited to have you with us today. Thank you. Awesome to be here. This is going to be fun. Yes. Going to be so much fun. As fun fun as talking about you know, toxins in your in your south of the border regions could be, I guess. <laughs> right, exactly. That's what I was thinking. I was like, yeah, that is one word for it. Yeah, I <laughs> like it. I like the wording. And uh, we'll definitely get to that. And But on the way to talking about that, you know, I have your book, Dirty Girl. I love it. It's amazing. It is so fun. And as you put it just before the show, like fun and horrifying. At the same time, simultaneously, right. it's amazing. Everybody should read this. I also find it uber fascinating that you started out on a very traditional trajectory in the medical field. You were a board certified OBGYN and then you had an evolution into a functional medicine physician. So can you tell us a little bit about that journey? Because both Jamie and I straddle the line of Eastern and Western medicine and holistic and traditional. And I think it is unbelievably rare to hear your story. Right. I mean, I started, I was always a little bit of a maverick because I kept saying, well, why is this happening? Which is super unpopular for my med school professors. Just for the record, they weren't like, oh, I'm so glad you asked why. They were like, no, we don't ask why. Just do this. So I was always a little bit of a maverick. I was into probiotics. I took them vaginally at one point, long before microbiome was a term that we used in our everyday language. And it was only when my personal mess really got so in my face that I couldn't look around it. You know, it was was like, (laughs) where is it? That I got introduced to functional medicine. And at that point, it was similar to when I went into OB. When I went into OB, I was like, I need to be doing that. 
that's what I need to do. I need to do that for women. And then when I learned on functional medicine and the breadth and the depth and the difference it makes, that was my, again, response was, I need to do this for women. I need to do this because it made such an impact for myself. And now I want to bring that to others. So it was personal. It was 100% personal. I could no longer do what I was doing, actually. It felt wrong, even though I loved it. Yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense. And I think just for clarity so people understand, I mean, I personally love the functional medicine looks at more than just numbers on a chart. Can you tell us and our listeners about the five key areas that you use to evaluate a patient's health? Sure. So we look at you. Well, let me back up a step. We say you're meant to be vital, vibrant, healthy, able and interested in intimacy till you're at least 100 and that every decade gets better, that you have full health span, not just a long life, but an amazing health span. Okay. That's the platform we stand on. From there, we're looking at five unique areas of your health. Now we say it's unique because as humans, we need to crystallize things, but they're all smushed in together. We're just pulling them out. So there's your physical body. That's your bones, muscles, ligaments. How you hold yourself actually alters your adrenal hormones. So I know posture influences how you're perceived. Your Did hormones, we all just your sit testosterone. Up a little straighter? Yeah, I know. Everyone <laughs> sits up straighter when I say the posture. And so I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> so everyone always sits up straighter when I talk about that. But really, get your shoulders back. Take and as, as women, we're always kind of like. I don't want to take up too much space. Uh, you know, get your elbows out and get your legs out and take up space, ladies, because... Like the wide spread in the subway, the men? Totally. Yeah, like <laughs> when guys do that and you're like, dude, you're manspreading. Be a female spreader. Well, that sounds terrible, actually. So just take up space. Get your shoulders back. Hold yourself in a way that you matter. That's your physical body. Then there's your chemistry. That's what people tend to think of functional medicine, which is all of the blood work, the hormones, minerals, nutrients, digestion, what you're eating, how often you're eating it, the toxins. That's all in that chemistry bucket. Then there's your emotional health, because with a few well-placed words to yourself, you can tank your health for the day. Something like, you are so dumb. You never do this right. You are such a failure. Nobody's going to like you. Those words that we say to ourselves can shut down your adrenals or activate your adrenals, shut down digestion, shut down detox. You can literally alter the course of your health with your thoughts. So the relationship you have to yourself is critical. So that's another one. The fourth one is your social health because no woman is an island, no man is an island. If you're isolated, if you don't have a community, if you don't have people you feel you resonate with, that negatively impacts your health. Think about the studies that Dan Buettner did when he published The Blue Zones, that one thing that ran through all of the different communities and these long-lived people was that they had community that they resonated with. And then the last area is your spiritual health. That's your purpose, your legacy. Why are you, your why, right? Simon Sinek talks about your why. This is your why. So if you don't have a powerful why, why should you take care of yourself? Because it's kind of harder to take care of yourself than it is to just go with the flow. If you just went with the flow, you would eat what was provided. You would eat out. Who cares? You wouldn't exercise. You wouldn't care. So you need a why that's powerful. And so when you look at your health, your health is the interplay of all of those. And typically people need to work on three of those areas to tilt the scales towards optimal health instead of towards dysfunction. So that's the framework that we're using and we're listening to people through that framework as they come to us. Wow. Can you just, that, I just got full body chills at the last one. I have to say, James shaking your head too. Well, can really you all of recap them. recap the five like cliff notes yeah. just so that everybody can reframe? 
physical, chemical, emotional, social, spiritual. That's you. That's absolutely amazing. And I know that I sort of asked a little bit about this before, but before we do jump into the other part of this, you, when you made your transition from traditional Western medicine into (laughs) more functional medicine, I believe it was, was it your chemical that was mostly off because you talk about finding toxins in your Mm -hmm. blood? Yeah. Yeah. So let me back up a step. My husband opened functional medicine practice in 2008 and I was the phone answering volunteer because I was on call for OB and I didn't have any patients in labor. So I went to, you know, it was the first day. So I went and fast forward a couple months and, and I woke up over Thanksgiving weekend and I was like, I have to do this. I need to do what he's doing. That was that, that moment where I really got like, I want to do this too. I want to make that transition for people and that difference in the transformation. Cause I was sending him patients and it irked me like that. I couldn't get them better. Like, why can't I do that? I can totally diagnose someone. Really, the patient who caused me to leave obstetrics was just like this 55-year-old Irish woman and thick brogue. And every week she would come to see me on what we call vaginitis Fridays, where, you know, you can't live with it for another minute because your partner's coming home. You got to deal with the itch south of the border. So vaginitis Friday, she rolls in again. And I'm like, look, I can't help you. You know, I think you have a food sensitivity. I really think you have a gluten sensitivity, honestly, but I don't have the tools to diagnose a sensitivity. I don't know what you got. Go see my husband. For me, she says to me, hmm, beer or sex? I'll think about it. And I was like, okay. So she went to see my husband and he diagnosed her with, with celiac, which is a total gluten sensitivity. And she went off gluten, diagnosed her whole family in Ireland, altered the course of all of their lives because it puts you at risk for lymphoma and osteoporosis and death of all causes if you have celiac. So I was pretty mad. I was like, how come I can't do that for her? Right? Like I should be able to do that. I knew she had the problem. So the transition was... I had already been exposed to functional medicine for a few years and had been creeping towards the difference it makes. And then my husband opened up the center and then I wake up over Thanksgiving weekend. I have my high school reunion. I tell all my high school friends, I'm quitting my job on Monday. So I go in with my letter. I give it to my boss. And what happens on Tuesday? What's like the most horrifying thing that you could imagine? I leave my nice cush paid job for my startup unpaid job and I find out I'm pregnant. But it all works out, right? It always works out. And I transitioned from traditional obstetrics and gynecology, delivery, surgery, office care, into doing functional medicine pretty much exclusively for women because that's my, I feel like if you're female, you're underserved and that's my commitment to take care of you. So it's pretty much only women in my practice. That's absolutely amazing. I'm just like so speechless by this whole thing. (laughs) So here we are, we're talking about women, we're talking about toxins, we're talking about, I'm just, I want to just, before I ask my next question, I want to just circle back on what you just said about, you said you couldn't diagnose her. So does that just mean that Western medicine doesn't have the testing or is it because of insurance or is it because most doctors, because you were aware, like, it's not like you didn't know that there were tests. So why as a Western medicine doctor, could you not diagnose her? There's two major issues. One is the average appointment time in the United States for a doctor's visit is between seven and 10 minutes. That means you have time to say hello and get one issue handled, right? Maybe, depending on how thorny that issue is. So you don't have the time in the mainstream. And then it is a tools issue. The toolbox 
doesn't recognize necessarily a pre-disease state. So now, thankfully, we recognize metabolic syndrome and pre-diabetes and PCOS. But 20 years ago, nobody was told that they had metabolic syndrome or that they were on the way to becoming a diabetic. You either had diabetes or you didn't have diabetes. There was only an on-off behavior towards it. So as I was making this transition, we didn't have the tools to look for gluten sensitivity. I could have tested her for celiac. It's just that she really wanted the full look and I wasn't able to provide that. So it's, it's a combo issue. It's not just time, it's tools, but it's also inclination. And just in general, what I've always heard from do- my doctor friends or people on this show is that just in general, nutrition is this like short section that is kind of glossed over and done with a very utilitarian kind of lens. We know that food is medicine. We know this and we know how impactful it can be for better and for worse. And so the fact that there's not more of an understanding, sensitivity, leaning into the complicated relationships that we have with food, the complicated industrial complex that we have in this country and the ecosystem, that's just set up Mm -hmm. to keep people sick, but you don't really have the time and you're not really imbued probably with the tools in Western medicine to like go there, I would imagine. Yeah, insurance isn't psyched when we talk about nutrition. Right. So we we actually have two nutritionists on staff because they're really drilled in and dialed into the nuances of it. So I'm so grateful that I can say, okay, I can do the 10,000 foot view, but really let's have you see nutrition so they can spend an hour with you talking about your food. But nutrition is not something insurance is psyched that I'm talking about. They want me to handle more complex issues as, as far as they see it. But as far as I see it, you know, you are what you eat. They want so. you to prescribe a pill rather right. than food or a diet, which is wild because there's unlimited studies and data showing that food changing your diet is actually infinitely more effective than medicine. Yes. Without the I side know. effects, which is crazy. I know. Crazy. It's it's kind of free because you're doing it anyway. You might as well just level up what you're doing. That's a great way of looking at it. Yeah. yeah. So James, you talked about, you sort of touched on toxicity, right? When you were talking about like the foods and the ecosystem and all that stuff. So Jamie and I both, we were talking when we were talking about creating the show and I have been seeing in the news everywhere. And I think most people have, and I'm going to ask you how to pronounce this first, because I heard I was listening to some other podcasts on it. It was two doctors and they called them PFAS. And I was always like, it's easier to say PFAS. You can say PFAS or PFAS either way. You can't screw it up, right? Okay. Well, there you go. So what is that? It stands for per and polyfluoroalkyl substances. Don't they sound lovely like something you want to ingest and put all over your body and absorb through your largest organ? Probably not. (laughs) So they've been all over the news because they'd been found in many, many products Mm. that claimed to be clean and non-toxic and all these things, which really shone a light on how many products include them. So what I would love, please, is for you to... Tell us what they are, other than I know, and I think a lot of people know broad strokes, they are forever chemicals, but a lot of people don't know what that means. How do they affect us? Are there feminine products and diapers that are truly non-toxic and without these chemicals? We, I have so many questions on this. I know. It, it's um, it's sort of horrifying. Okay, I just have to say, ignorance is bliss and knowledge is power. And if you're listening to this, you probably fall more on the knowledge is power side, but you can 
take what you need and don't deal with things you can't deal with until you can deal with them. It's okay, right? You can only deal with what you can deal with at any given time. So let's go big picture. This is a category of chemicals. It's not just one. It's not like a strand of hair or a piece of cloth. It's huge category. And in that- So you're not going to see it listed in ingredients, that? No, not necessarily. So it's often a contaminant, which is what we'll talk about when we get to the the diapers and the, and the period products. So we'll come back to that. But when you're looking at it as a category, it is in things like uh, grease resistant clothing or umbrellas or cleaning products or your nonstick cookware. The bad news is it's in a lot of personal care products like shampoo, dental floss, nail polish, eye makeup. It's in a lot of those things. It's in stain resistant coatings that you see on carpets and upholstery to make it not pick up, you know, your spilling your food, it's going to make it stain resistant. So it's a massive category. And so the odds are good that in some way you're exposed. And when we talk about forever chemicals, they don't degrade. So they're just hanging out and they're very difficult for our bodies to get rid of. And the impact on our bodies is that it can lead to cancer, most particularly kidney and testicular in particular. It can cause liver damage and elevated liver enzymes it can decrease our fertility. And we know that fertility is going down, both female and male. Male have an approximately 1% decrease in their uh, efficacy of their sperm every year. And the last few years, it's gone up to like 2 to 3%. The sperm are getting worse. So it can contribute to fertility. It can increase the risk of asthma and thyroid disease. It can increase your cholesterol levels. It can increase preeclampsia. It's kind of nasty. And it's particularly bad for children because their immune systems aren't as well developed as ours. That's both good and bad, right? Because they're less likely to have autoimmune disease because they're not as jacked as we are. But on the other hand, they're more sensitive to things because they're smaller. And so when you get an exposure, think about a drop of water compared to us versus a baby, the innate amount that they're getting exposed to is so much greater. Well, it seems really overwhelming, like there's no way to avoid them. I mean, definitely when I found out that they were in my tampons that I've been sticking up my chotch for the last 20 some odd years and had no idea, I was horrified, like horrified. It never occurred to me. It occurs to me to get organic cereal. You know, it did not occur to me that my tampons were hurting me. So, but now you're telling us that it's in our carpet that might've been here before we moved in the house or in the cookware that, you know, I know not to cook, we're bad, but I didn't know carpet bad. You know what I mean? (laughs) Right, right. It's a great way to put it, James. (laughs) Yeah, it does seem a little overwhelming, Wendy. So like what, yeah. So I think that's probably why you prefaced it by saying like, don't freak out. You you know what I mean? Like you don't need to like go live in the woods, but does it seem like something that's unavoidable or is it something we could be phasing out by really? being more mindful. Okay. So I would say it's both. So there, you absolutely have control over some of the narrative. And then there's some of the narrative you don't have control over because you live in an industrialized country. And even if you were going to go live in the woods, you'd still get pollution in your air and water. So it's, so I would say the important thing is to recognize where you can impact controlling the narrative, like if you know that your tampon does has PFAS in it, don't buy that brand. Go for a brand that is organic and maybe says, hey, we're testing for this because we recognize it's a problem. Right, but I There's think so many that's brands. where I, because I, you know, Jamie knows this, everybody who listens knows this, this is Heidi speaking. I went psycho when I first started trying to get pregnant with my now seven-year-old twins. Um, 
because I was like, wait, why does this say not okay for pregnancy? Why is it okay for me in life? Why does my mascara say that? Why does my shampoo say that? Oh my God. Like, I literally lost my mind and like threw away my entire apartment and rebought from the ground up because I was like, there will be no toxins in these babies' lives. They deserve a better start than that. And because when you know better, you do better. I, I just like, then there were these brands. I buy organic tampons. I buy organic everything. And they say they're clean. They say they're non-toxic. And then there were some products that make these claims and they were found to be false. So like, A, how did they do that? Like what organization was failing all of us at that moment? Yeah, they're not regulated. So so it's not even like there's a failure. There's They're just not regulated. So there's a good opportunity for business, right? Like <laughs> make an app that, and, and environmental working group and Think Dirty have started to do that for us. Totally, except what I found when my twins were babies was I would do all the research, I would buy the products and the next, like a month or two later, EWG would have totally changed the ranking from like an mm. A to a C minus. And I'd be like, <gasps> So, okay. So, so this is where it can be crazy making. I mean, we wrote this book, right? We yeah. wrote the book Dirty Girl because it's all about, we are so dirty. It's death by a thousand cuts every day. So, okay. Pick big battles. If you know it's got PFAS in it, like if it's a, if it's a nonstick cookware, don't use it really. Let's move off of that. Okay. Wherever possible. If you're buying furniture, buy furniture that's green guard certified, that isn't sprayed with flame returns, that isn't containing all these extra chemicals. If you're doing construction on your home, go to a green building supply place and pay the extra money so you're not exposed to as many chemicals as you can avoid, right? So do what you can do. And then you want to look at having your food be as clean as possible. Do your best with the, I mean, that that thing with the tampon, when I read that article, I was so upset. Seriously, you know, you put it in your vagina and there's PFAS and it's linked to all these chemicals and we, there's all this vascularization in the vagina, so we're more likely to absorb it. Like, that's just wrong. Now, having said that, some of these are cross-contaminants. They're not adding it. It's a cross-contamination. So they have to test to make sure it's not contaminated, but they're not malignant. They are simply... I don't know. They're maybe not sourcing their ingredients in a way that you'd like them to. So you're going to have to do what you can do. Read the ingredients. If it doesn't disclose these ingredients, don't buy it. Okay, vote with your feet. Don't buy it. Especially when we look at that a large number of diapers were contaminated too. It's really difficult to have, you know, in this next layer is you can't get a diaper without plastic unless it's cloth. Right. So the next issue is not just PFAS, but plastic in the diaper. Right. So I would say... If you can, if your budget supports it, if your lifestyle supports it, if your bandwidth supports it, go for cloth diapers. I'm way past that. You know, we, we had plastic diapers. Yeah. Sometimes the horse is out of the barn. So then you have to look at how can you improve your body's ability to move these toxins and decrease the sum total of what you get deluged with every day. How do you decrease that? And that's where I would focus your energy because... I really feel like the what if conversations are super disempowering because they send your brain into victimhood. So don't engage in like, what if I have it? Well, you might have it. So the question I ask is, how am I going to deal with it? And how am I going to optimize my detox? And how can I support my body in moving it out? Those are the questions to ask. And we can absolutely answer those questions. Those are fun questions. <laughs> when you're looking at a list of ingredients, because you were saying it's in like shampoos and it's in, so Heidi knows, I went through like a major um, battle with eczema. So I got really, it was the first time I really started looking at like phthalates and sulfates and all of those types of things. What should we be looking for in, you're saying read ingredients, but we're also saying that 
PFAs or P- P- however we say it, are more categorical. So are, are there specific words that we should be looking for to avoid? Well, yes and no. I mean, that's like an endless list. Right. So what I would start with is, oh gosh, like 10 years ago, one of my kids they gave something out at school. Now, I'm like considered the food Nazi in our house and at school because I'm like, what are you giving my kids? Yeah. My I'll kids came home, from, <laughs> they came home from preschool and about four hours later had bright green diarrhea. No. <gasps> okay. I'm like, what on earth is going on here? So I call the school. I'm like, what'd you give them? And it turns out it was in honor of St. Patty's Day. They gave them these bright green cookies. And first of all, it was gluten, which we didn't know that yet that they were sensitive to. But then also it was bright green. So the first thing I would say is, okay, and then if you fast forward a few years later, they come home with a bottle. It's bright blue. It's supposed to be water, but it's bright blue. Like the liquid is bright blue. So they said to me, mama, can I eat this? They already know that I'm like a crazy person. And so that I wasn't going to let them have it unless we looked at it. I said, oh, I don't know. Let's look at the ingredients. So we look at the ingredients and most of it's, I can't pronounce it. I don't even know what it is. I said to them, do you know what that is? And they said, I can't read that. I said, that's because you're too young, but I'll read it to you. I can't even read it. What is that? They said, I don't know. I said, I don't know either. If you don't know, don't put it in your body. So the easy line in the sand is if it doesn't make sense to you, then don't put it on your body. Your skin is your largest organ, especially for babies. It is very, very thin and they absorb much better than we do. But even us, it's our largest organ. So it can help you. It can harm you, right? It can help you detox. But if you're, if you're, Uptaking toxins through washing your hair and what you're putting on your skin, it's worse. So aim for things you can understand. Aim for things that make sense in your brain. And then I do go to environmental working group because I don't have that brain where I can look at an ingredient and go, right, that's the bad one. I'm always second guessing myself. So if you're like me, I don't want to keep that in my brain because it's just not useful real estate in my brain. I want to keep like, what am I making for dinner? And how are my kids going to be today? And what homework do we have to manage? I have that in my brain. So I recommend utilizing Think Dirty and EWG pretty much before you buy anything ongoingly. And they have done the research. So we donate to them. You know, we, that's for us a passion play because this is what keeps us safe on a daily basis or safer, maybe not safe, safer. I like the idea of being safer, right? <laughs> I think yeah. we all, I think we can all agree on that, everybody, mm-hmm. unless you like to live dangerously, which I don't with my life or my children's health. Um, no. no. <laughs> so I would, you mentioned Think Dirty, you mentioned EWG, and of course your new book is called Dirty Girl. So it's amazing, as I mentioned before. So I would just love to know from your mouth, what is a dirty girl? Well, totally me. I was like the poster child, apparently. So it's any human who suffers from any issue. I know that's like a huge broad brushstroke, but if you have an autoimmune disease like a thyroid dysfunction, either over or under, if you have food sensitivities, if you have diabetes, prediabetes, polycystic ovarian syndrome, or metabolic syndrome, or any type of disruption in your ability to process carbs, if you have heart disease, if you have dementia, Alzheimer's, degenerative disease like multiple sclerosis, if you have fatigue, anxiety, depression, brain fog, hair loss, asthma, anything in your gut, heart palpitations. You're just describing the whole world. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm like, that's why I said, if you're human, this applies to you because when you look at the things that make us suffer, it's food and it's toxins. And then the other things about how we think and, and treat our bodies. But 
it's toxins underpin most of it. So if you have any type of glucose abnormalities, toxins are underneath it. If you can get to a level where your body can get rid of the majority of your toxins, you are going to have a better control over your diabetes or your insulin resistance or your metabolic syndrome or your PCOS. It's going to improve because toxins underpin this. So it's really for anybody. If you're human and you don't feel like you feel freaking amazing all the time, it's for you because it's impacting you. Well, I don't feel like I feel freaking amazing all the time. So it's definitely for me. And, you know, the thought occurs to me as somebody who lives in modern society, like I often wonder, is it the toxins? I think this is where I, a lot of modern people struggle. Sometimes I'm like, am I just feeling lazy or am I feeling like foggy and lethargic because I'm full of toxins? Am I just feeling, am I just having a hard time at, with work or am I a little bit depressed and downtrodden because yeah. my body is like ripe with toxins? So how does somebody know if they're filled with toxins? Is it a test that only a functional medicine doctor can run? Yes. Yes. I mean, here's the thing. If you're listening to this and you're curious if you have toxins, I, you, you don't even have to pay any money. You have toxins. Now, if you want to be targeted and go, okay, I want to get rid of a specific toxin. I want to target, you know, all of us are actually, are we all over 40? I'm way over 40. I'm 52. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're all over 40. So first off, if you were born before 1978, you lived in a house that had paint that had lead in it. Cause that's when it was outlawed. If you were born prior to 1975, your cars had leaded gasoline. If you were born to someone who was born before 1975, they had lead and you got 50% of what they had. If you were born to someone who had mercury fillings or you had mercury fillings, you have mercury. So now we have heavy metals. If you lived in a water damaged building, which one of two buildings, 50% of all buildings have had a water damage incident and have mycotoxins. So if you live in a water damaged building, you have mycotoxins. If you live on this earth, you have environmental toxins. I can make it easy on you. You have them. You don't have to worry. The question is, how much do you need to get rid of in order to feel better? And every person has a different, I'll call it that line in the sand, you know, don't cross your own line. So Jamie, you said something that just really irks me because there isn't a single woman who's lazy. Every woman I know has a million things on her plate and is pulled in a million directions. So there's no way you could ever argue you're lazy. You could argue that you have too much on your plate. You could argue that you don't feel well, but you're never lazy. And in fact, I say to women, that barometer of feeling like you could go do X, Y, or Z that you're not able to do, that's the barometer that tells us you're getting better because now you do have the motivation to work out, whereas you didn't. So it's never lazy. And, and by the way, that's the emotional health of being kind to yourself. You're not lazy. You're sick. Yeah. So 100%, I'll argue till the sun comes down or up or whatever that you're never lazy. You just have too much to deal with. And a lot of times at a cellular level, that's a toxins issue. Are you in my diary? <laughs> I know that. Um, well, last question. I mean, is there anything people can be doing proactively to just start to push some of these toxins out? Tons. Do you want the popular or unpopular answer first? Unpopular. Mm. Okay. So uh, most of your listeners are going to stop listening after I tell you this. This is literally the number one thing you could do to fix your health or at least set yourself in the right direction. Aside from being kind to yourself and moving your, you know, set all that to the side. Elimination. Don't drink alcohol. Don't drink alcohol. 
Because yeah. think about it. Okay. If I said to you, okay, ladies, here is your glass of toxins today. You're going to drink probably half of this a day. And afterwards, it's going to make your brain not work all that well. And it's going to impair your liver's ability to detox. It's going to make you hold on to toxins. It'll alter your hormones and it'll mess up your gut microbiome. And then you might feel fatigued for a day or two afterwards. Would you like some? Who's going to say yes to that? There's so much research that says like a glass of red wine. Dan Butner, you brought him up at the beginning. He talks about the the Mm. blue zones and they all are like Mediterranean cultures with wine. So how does that work? Yeah, I don't agree with the wine part because it feeds yeast and we're not constitutionally able as women to process it the way men are. I was going to say, could it just be different for men and women? Yes, it's definitely different for men. You know, men don't have female hormones that they have to deal with and we do. And it's a lot. Don't drink alcohol or at least cut it down, right? Have a spritzer instead of a whole glass of wine. Drink one glass instead of two. You cannot keep up with the men in your lives. They can drink double that you can. Just for the record, don't try to keep up with them. And then skip it on any given night if you can. And if you're saying to me, I have it because I'm stressed, my response is we need to deal with your stress instead of masking it. You know, we don't want to mask your stress. We want to uncover and untangle it. Then... The other stuff you can do, the things that people will really do to the best of your ability, to the best of your finances, eat organic and don't eat food that comes out of a package because it's been processed. And when you process it, it makes it easier to digest. And that means it turns to sugar much faster. And guess what? Sugar's the other devil. So alcohol and sugar, like the two twin devils on your shoulders, right? Drink me, eat me. And neither of them is in your favor. So sugar messes up your adrenals, messes up your liver, throws off your gut every day you eat. So I would say do something you do every day anyway, and just level up, make it better. So that's a huge way that you can impact your health. When you're talking about those sugars, sorry, I just have to ask, are you talking about added sugar only or food that like inherently contains sugar naturally? Like even sweet potatoes, you know, carbohydrates kind of thing. So no, I'm not targeting sweet potatoes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thank God, because we were going to hear from the sweet potato producers of America in a moment. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yelling at you like how could you it's target like that no one of my favorite foods that's why i'm asking how about your sweet potatoes what you don't want to do is take your fruits and juice them where you remove all the fiber and the minute you juice it it starts to degrade so you're losing a lot of the antioxidant properties unless you're drinking it immediately but you're getting tons of sugar with no fiber that's what you don't want to do you don't want to eat bread cake cookie candy pasta cereal because they convert almost immediately to sugar, even if it's gluten-free. That's always a question I ask. I get, what if it's know, whole, whole grain? As whole grain, right? Whole grain. Yeah. But it's still been ground down. So it's not really a whole grain. It's a ground grain. So it does convert to sugar pretty easily, but you're still getting the fiber, but it's still easily broken down. So what you want to get are the whole grains, like eat the actual whole grain. So this that convo? Fun. Sorry, reminded me of one thing in your book, which I want to weave into this conversation before I forget it again, because my mm-hmm. mind goes 800 miles with everything you say. I'm right I with you. I want to talk about the microwave thing, because I read that yes. in your book. And I, so if you could please add that to this convo, I'd greatly appreciate it. Uh-oh, I'm scared. <laughs> no, okay. Ignor- ignorance is bliss. Knowledge is power. Deal with what you can when you can, and don't sweat the rest. And don't ever ask what if questions, because they disempower you. Ask what would I do if, or how do I prevent? So, okay, so the microwave... You know, I had read this, I had read about it, that if you microwaved water and then fed plants the water, they would die. And I was like, no way. So then my kid happened to be in her science, you know how they do those science projects. Yeah. And she's like, what should I do? And I'm like, well, why don't you do that? 
So I bought the plants. I went to the, the grocery store. I bought two basil plants. They were exactly the same plants. They were the same size, everything. And I gave it to her. And her science experiment, she boiled water in the microwave and boiled water in a Bunsen burner. So each plant was labeled so that they, you didn't get any crossover. And once it cooled, one plant got microwave water and one plant got Bunsen burner water. She did this for 30 days. At the end of the 30 days, the basil plant that got the microwave water was dying. I was like, oh, this is bad. This is bad. If, if this is what's happening to the food, it removes, it does something to the food and it kills it. And so if it's doing that to the plant, what's it doing to us? So we actually got divorced from our microwave. That was, we replaced our microwave with another oven. It makes leftovers a beast. Okay. I'll be honest. Leftovers are a beast. Why? It just don't want to do that to your food, especially if you're microwaving in plastic, which a lot of people do. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. That's bad. I know you say that. I don't, but a lot of people do. But you don't I, behave that way, but people do. Right. I think there was a line in your book, didn't it say that microwaves kill vegetables? Wasn't that a line? It kills the nutrient value in your Because I have to say, like, I'm definitely guilty of, you know, microwaving frozen organic broccoli for my kids. Yeah. Sure. Because it's easy. Here's, here's the pit. We're so busy. I don't blame you. And if you need to keep microwaving it, fine. Pick the biggest battle you can pick and don't sweat the smaller stuff. It's endless. We could be here for days talking about all the things you could do. So, and it'll make you nuts and that's not healthy for you either. So pick the biggest battle that your budget affords. Like we got a whole, whole house water filter. That was where I could pick the battle. And I haven't yet been able to pick the battle with the air filters because I'm so overwhelmed with choices, but pick the battle you can deal with, right? And chip away at it and just keep going. If you can't afford a whole house water filter, then get the best thing your budget can afford. And if that's a countertop filter, perfect. Be proud of what you did, right? So you've twin seven-year-olds. Like, and a five-year-old. Like <laughs> oh, okay then. So, right. So you have a lot on your plate and you work and you have all this going on. So pick the battle that's going to be impactful. Don't pick the battle that's going to make you nuts. Well, I so Jamie and I both have cancer in our family. I lost my stepfather who, you know, he raised me to brain cancer 11 years ago. And that just so deeply changed my life and changed how I view toxins and, you know, things that can cause cancer that I just, it feels like I'd never sleep at night if I knew there was something I could do and didn't do it. That's such a great, you know, I mean, some of that is, that's who you are, right? You're going to go at it and you're going to go hard because that's your MO, you're, you're a passionate human and you go all in, which is fine. So what I would say is go a little broader, like look at, so don't ever do construction without doing organic, uh, not organic, but clean building supplies. So that would be a place you could impact if you can. I just finished redoing this whole house. <laughs> okay. Get, get great quality air filters yeah. Yeah. in the house. Okay. Great quality air filters to pull out the VOCs and the chemicals and the dust and the contaminants, pull it out. One in six deaths is due to air or water quality. So do your best. Okay. Make sure you move your body as often as you can and sweat. Go in a sauna if you can. Do all that woo-woo stuff like acupuncture and body work and energy work because it helps with stress levels and stress will shut down detox. So it's better that you be a little bit oblivious and happy about it than stressing about it because the stress will not help you. So whenever you go down that, oh my God, I'm not doing enough because obviously like, look, I love it. I live this and I still screw it up. You know, I'm like, oh God, I'm the spokesperson for healthy living. And I'm like, no, we're not going to talk like that. 
you do your best with what you got. So the most important thing is to be kind to yourself and do your best. Okay, that's the message. Okay, if you get nothing else, be kind to yourself. Do the sauna, do the acupuncture and the body work and the Epsom salt baths. Make sure you get enough sleep. We're all chronically sleep deprived. But guess what? If you don't sleep, you don't detox. Your brain detoxes while you sleep. It's really creepy. The cells get smaller, the spaces get bigger, and it literally drains the toxins out of your brain. How cool is that? But you need to spend at least eight hours in bed, if not more. I usually need nine hours in bed to get eight hours of sleep because we're not 100% perfect. Few of us are, especially women as we approach the changes in our lives. So get enough sleep. Don't drink your alcohol. That's one we'll set to the side. But there's a lot you can do, right? Even just not being perfect, you can be better. Perfect is the enemy of better. Don't be perfect. Be better. Make an improvement today that you didn't do last week and sustain it. I love well, this that. This seems like a perfect place to kind of wrap because I can't, I, I couldn't say it better than that. We do have one more segment that we always do. And I guess I just kind of started it. So I will sing it. It is called Karma Call. <laughs> Heidi, would you like to explain it? Sure thing, James. Thank you for singing. Um, I will explain to any listeners that are new, and I'm sure you know that karma is the Sanskrit word for action. So we ask each of our incredible, inspiring, knowledge-filled guests, you, what is one small, actionable item that our listeners could try on, try out for about two weeks, a short period of time that would yield a large result. So small action, big result. Do I only get one? There's yeah, so, can I give people a pick list in case they're like, no, I've already handled that. So if you aren't someone who spends enough hours in bed, then the action for the next two weeks would be spend at least an hour more in bed every night and see how you feel. If you're already someone who's rocked your sleep, then I would say, make sure you get sweaty movement in five days a week and see how you feel sweaty meaning like not just a walk but a sweaty walk where you're like oh man i gotta go shower you should need a shower after your exercise every day dry shampoo uh five days go for five if you're already rocking those two then see how you can level up around food and either eliminate something processed or cook something at home that you were eating out or go from non-organic to organic don't try to be perfect just try to go better. Okay. Something better. So if it's not organic, make it organic. If it's not home cooked, make it home cooked. If it's sugary or processed, don't eat that. So either eliminate or level up in some way. And then probably the hardest challenge would be if you're used to being mean to yourself, practice saying things like, I am doing my best. And I really worked hard at that and it didn't go the way I hoped, but I'm really proud that I, at how hard I worked. And, you know, I might not be perfect, but I'm a good person. And people love me. They really do love me, and I need to let it in. Instead of all that other stuff we say to ourselves. Try that on for two weeks. Huge, huge, huge. Absolutely love that. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for the reminder. I felt like my shoulders went, you know, I took a little deep breath. So thank you for that reminder, even to me today. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in today. We hope that you follow us over on Instagram. We are off the gram podcast over there. And don't forget to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. We'll see you next time.